0: Morgan Cox is excellent at what he does, chucking a ball with pinpoint accuracy between his legs with perfect laces to two of the NFL's most prolific punters and kickers, Sam Cook and Justin Tucker of the Baltimore Ravens. And while those guys are the best at what they do, it all starts with the snap. Enjoy. What is your favorite or most gifted book to others and why?
1: Um... So I, I looked over uh, my, these questions and um, this one I actually passed over uh, and, and came back to. But so I would say I have two, uh, two books came to mind. Um, uh, for me, the Bible uh, is one that obviously I want to pass on to others because it has been a huge part of my life and a part of my career. Um, I definitely think um, faith has played a huge role in. Um, just my path as a long snapper, you know, as a pro long snapper. Um, but then also like during, during games, I, I spend uh, time in prayer uh, just to kind of as, as a mechanism of calming myself, grounding myself, however you want to call it. But just um, it, it gives me a piece during games that uh, allows me to um, uh, kind, of, kind of focus on, on what's important. And so if I could pass that along to somebody, uh, especially, you know, somebody that's going through, um, this particular trade, um, uh, in a high pressure situation, it, it's been very useful. My faith, um, to, again, to call me and stuff. The second book, um, that I would say I came up with was, uh, the tipping point by Malcolm Gladwell. I read it years ago. And to be honest with you, it, uh, I still think about It, it, it at least daily, um, maybe, maybe every other day. Um, the, the point of the book is, is the little things, um, basically little things are the big things and, and, or, or lead to big things. And, um, some of the things that I could like the best that I could best describe is, you know, the little things that you do during the day, um, or during practice are going to pay dividends um, in, in a football game. When, when the pressure's on, when you have to do, you know, you have to have a perfect snap, kick, whatever. You have to do your job in pressure situations. Doesn't matter if it's, if it's normal life. If you're practicing the little things, then those matter. And what I loved about the book is it gives concrete examples of um, daily life and how, um, how it plays out for a lot of people. And so I I honestly, I I love that book. I loved all of his books, but if I had to pick one, um, the tipping point is the one that I would uh, recommend to people.
0: Yeah, he's a great author. He also has this uh, podcast, I think, called Revisionist History, which is like these really long form, like hour and a half, Mm -hmm. two-hour episodes. And I think they did one. He does a lot of sports, which is interesting. So they did one. I forget the guy in the NBA who did the under – he did the free throws, but it was like through his legs. Like he did the, yeah, uh, but it was so interesting. And so yeah. when you talk about, let's go back to the Bible for a second. So can you talk about it, maybe a, a favorite portion of the Bible? Is there like a go-to verse for you, something that, or like a pool of scripture that you found, that you have found more useful in certain situations, or is it just something that you continually dip into?
1: It's kind of a, we have themes a lot in in chapel, uh, or each year in chapel, and so tough for me to pick one uh, in particular, Um, you know, uh, 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 I always think about a lot um, in terms of my career. um, My mom gave me the, uh, I guess, I guess you could call it a birth verse uh, when I was young, uh, Malachi 310, and I can't perfect, perfectly um, quote it right now, but it's, it's to the extent of uh bringing the whole tide into the storehouse that I may throw open in the floodgates and put so much blessing on you that basically you that you uh can't hold it in and i've seen that to, to, uh, just looking back on my career path and- and god's uh path for my life is i mean it really makes no sense um <laughs> kind of where I am right now i mean mm-hmm. uh to have had um the career and I, and I'm not like a, a boastful guy. I mean, it's just, um, but, but, you know, having three pro bowls and, and a super bowl and, but, but not, but not only that, like having two ACL surgeries and coming back from that. Um, I mean, I really can't describe the blessing. It feels like that, that God has just put on my life and, and it, it gives me a higher sense of purpose as to why I'm here, what I'm doing, um, and who I'm doing it for. And so, um, that verse comes to mind when, it, when I think of my career as a whole. Um, an easy one that a lot of people think of is Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. So it declares the Lord, players, uh, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, uh, to give you a hope and a future. And so those two verses um, have kind of affected me throughout my life. And, and you know, just in, in, a, in, a, in a tense moment or in a, in a tight moment, um, that Jeremiah one does bring me back to um, God has a plan for my life. And then, uh, it, it gives me calm through that.
0: Nice. And so could you talk a little bit about when you say chapel, is that something that you do, uh, formally through your team, or is it something that players kind of do on their own? I know different teams might have different policies mm-hmm. on that and it kind of looks different for everybody.
1: Yeah. So we, we have a full-time chaplain, uh, Johnny Shelton, um, He's through FCA, uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And, and um, as as many football players know, um, FCA is well ingrained to the football culture. And, um, you know, Christianity is well ingrained into the football culture. And um, that's one of the great things about it. I mean, it's understood, you know, going to the 50-yard line and, and um, gathering to pray after a game is, is something that, that uh, you see at every level. At, you know, high school, college, um, the NFL, we do it um, after every game, um, with, with, um, uh, uh, steady consistency and, and, and participation from both teams, um, each week. And so, uh, we recently had a, um, a conference called professional athletes outreach, um, where NFL players get together. And we, I think it was in, it was in San Diego this year we, we, we have, uh, the wives come out and it's like a three-day conference, um, you know, it 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 does have a marriage focus to a to a degree because uh, you know, um, marriage does uh, is, a, is a huge part of our lives in the NFL. It was um, you know, there's a lot of single guys as well, but for the married guys and for and for couples in general, um, the the stress of the season can take a toll. And so it was um, it's really cool to, to kind of go to that conference and get refreshed and um, be challenged as well. And so, but yeah, during during the season we have chapel every um, four and a half hours before every game um, some teams do it saturday night or, or the day before the game um, and then we have a couple's bible study um, and uh, my wife leads a, the women's bible study and then um, um, at varying times during the season what we'll meet as men just to um, you know talk over some things and, and 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 do a bible study together
0: i think that there's so much more that goes on beneath, beneath the, the surface. Like we only see the, you know, games on Sunday, Mondays, Thursdays, but there's so many more things that go on behind the scenes with the NFL players association and and groups mm-hmm. like that. Um, could you talk a little bit about maybe what were one, one or two lessons you guys might've learned as a, as a couple um, for how to handle the the stress of that season, because maybe some listeners are, And, you know, in the past, we've had other listeners and it's, you know, uh, Marine Corps guys or Mm -hmm. people in high stress jobs. And while we think of the NFL as entertainment for the audience, it's highly stressful for you guys for those six months out of the year. So what were a couple of lessons that or general lessons you might have taken away for how to handle the stress of a season?
1: Um, I I think uh, Lauren would have this would have this answer better, but um, she she has done a phenomenal job of of recognizing when I'm either had a tough day or you know maybe had a good day or if I had not a great game that I or uh, I wasn't happy about, um, and, and she knows she knows my snaps well enough to know when you know, I'm going to come home unhappy or whatever. Gotcha. And so I would say, um, being, being present in, um, from both sides too, because I, I've got to be understanding. And, um, especially now with two little boys, uh, when she doesn't have a great day <laughs> and I need to take over or something like that. And so there's a give and take of being, um, being present and, and, um, being perceptive of what the other, um, does. And so, uh, she does a phenomenal job of, um, you know, being, being a homemaker and, and having a, a, a calm house when I come home and a, a low stress house. Um, and, you know, I, and I do my best to, during the season, especially uh, to be perceptive of what's going on, despite, you know, all the other stresses and stuff. And then when the off season hits, we, we, you know, blow off steam, going um, uh, going on vacation or, you know, just spend time at home away from everybody else. And um, yeah, it's great. I mean, we've, We've we've learned to navigate the the difficulties, especially now. I'm now the second oldest guy on the team, I think, in the, at the Ravens, and so um, they're still it, a young. It's, buck it's kind now. of funny. It, yeah, I guess in, in real life, I'm I'm still a young buck, but um, in in the NFL, uh, often uh, referred to as ancient, just because I can recall. You? you know, yeah, I can recall like you know 2010 when a lot of guys a lot of guys were in like middle school or elementary school, right. And so we're we're getting to the point in the NFL where uh I think I think if it's not this year, it's next year, we'll have a um i have a teammate that was born in the two thousands, which is just kind of mind blowing to me. So yeah. um you know, so there's di- dynamics with that of, of of you know of of girlfriends and, and and new young people coming in um to the team and Lauren does a, such a phenomenal job of like go into those young girls and and um, welcoming them into, into the culture, the team culture. And so um, I get to watch that and see. And it, and it does permeate um, because it helps um, the team atmosphere when, uh, you know, other guys are, are have good calm homes. And so I think sure. Lauren, um, whether she understands that or not, she, she does a phenomenal job and, and uh, contributes very well to the well-being of the team just by, you know, helping on helping a significant other uh navigate the the difficulties of of leaving home and stuff because she went through that too she she left home and uh came up uh to baltimore and and didn't have any friends and stuff and so she navigated that she wants to help um other other wives and, and girlfriends um you know navigate that well so
0: yeah i mean there's such a supportive ecosystem that goes behind all the x's and o's and if you look at your organization other organizations not only do they do really well with the football side of things, but there's a huge scaffolding that keeps that football propped up behind it like that.
1: 100%.
0: Now you mentioned you have two little boys. Talk about what it's like being a dad of two little kids. And then how has your playing career changed from the time when you were, when you had no kids to now that you do have kids, because I'm sure you've had practices where you've had like 45 minutes of sleep because everybody's crying and kids are young. What's that transition been like for you?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, we used to binge watch a lot more uh, <laughs> when we were no, I'm kidding. Well, sort of um, we, we did. I mean, we, we would uh, stay up a lot, a lot longer when we didn't have kids and stuff. And now we're, we're much better um, about, about, you know, kind of dictating, dictating our time at night and stuff. And um we do, we look at other couples that are, uh, that don't have kids and uh, that are able to free, uh, that are free and able to go out to eat all the time and stuff. And, you know, there are times when you're like, man, that, that was nice when we used to be able to do that. But right. Um, at the same time, <laughs> um, what I think that, uh, what family and what the boys have done for me is kind of focused me in the sense that when I was, uh, when I was in the league and didn't have any kids, you know, in the off season, especially, I was kind of, um, freelancing you know we go on vacations and we we do this and that and, and I wasn't necessarily locked down or on a schedule of like working out so I wasn't um, I wasn't as focused I guess to, um, not necessarily that it hurt me during the season but I think um, you know having a little bit better discipline at home um, you know maybe maybe could have helped me a little bit more um, but but now having the boys, you know, I'm I'm on a schedule. I, I'm on their schedule, um, and so I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I I know when I can get my workout in. I know when, um, you know, I have to be up for them, or or and so I'm not staying up too late. Um, but also beyond that, I mean, just um, having the having the boys now, I get to kind of be what they're what they're looking up to, and uh, sure. and and I see it every day, and so like. Daniel and I, uh, my oldest were in the playroom the other day and he said I want to snap. And I was like, Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> yes. the coolest thing Finally, ever. Thank and God so, he didn't say
0: he wanted to kick.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so um yeah, it's it's just really cool to to see them, you know, following me around and stuff like that. It's um it's a lot of fun. Hard to it's, describe.
0: It's uncanny how much they pick up the the first year. So I, I teach, and the first year I ever taught, I taught first grade. And if I was really stern or strict with a kid in the morning, two hours later at recess, they'd be playing school and they'd be yelling at each other, saying like, "I'm <laughs> I'm Mr. Kale," and I'm like, "Oh no!" Like they're just so yeah. sponges.
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. It's it's amazing and scary at the same time. What would they pick <laughs> up on, right?
0: but I think that also gives you a better appreciation for how you are, you know, you might also be, it might also give you appreciation for how you're also a role model for the younger guys coming in. Um, And I think longevity in the NFL is so, it's so tough to come by. Um, I think snapping might lend itself to more longevity than a running back potentially, but um, let's transition to talk about snapping a little bit. A lot of times, when I've talked to NFL kickers, punters, snappers, it's not so much that they found kicking or punting or snapping, but that snapping found them or they kind of stumbled mm-hmm. into it. Like they didn't wake up one day and said, I want to be a, a long snapper. So how mm-hmm. did you, how did long snapping
1: find you? Well, um, it would go back to my very first football practice, actually, I was um, playing youth football here in my hometown Cuyahoga, Tennessee, and I went out for the team um got my pads and everything, and we were we were going out practicing, you know figuring out who was in what position, and everything because everybody was kind of in the same boat as me. It was their first time out playing football, and so i I remember coach literally lined every single guy, every single kid up and said, okay, guys, we got to um, find a, a long snapper, you know, after we had found a bunch of other positions. It may have even been the last position we found, more than likely, but um, looking back, I remember the the line of kids that were, that were waiting to take their turn, so I took a turn, and didn't do that great, probably rolled it back there, or something like that, and so the next kid went up, but then my dad happened to be at the practice um, as well. He had, you know, done the typical dad thing, just kind of like you know, waited across across the field or across the fence or something like that. But he walked up and he said, Hey, um, you want to try again? And so I, was, I said, sure. And um and so I started snapping at my dad. And I did pretty well, uh, enough so that the, the coaches noticed and um um were like, hey Morgan's doing pretty good at this. And so I did it the rest of that year. And then from really from then on out, um, you know, every season the coach would, would say uh, Hey, we need a long snapper. Has anybody done it before? And it was just, <laughs> I've done it before I can, I think I right. can do it. And so, yeah. um, kind of like what you said, long snapping kind of found me. Uh, I just got better at it over time. Um, I have people all the time ask me, uh, what's the secret. And I'm like, man, it's just, it's practice. It's, it's how much time you invest in, in long snapping and how much time you invest in yourself. Um, will, will, you'll yield results if, if, that is high if your repetitions are high so
0: what's what's one thing you believe about long snapping that everybody else disagrees with
1: um i had a i think i let me remind something remind myself of something um of long snapping uh yeah 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 so (laughs) i i think i think that a lot of people have a misconception that like our job is easy and that like anybody could do our job. And while it's probably partially true because like, you've got guys like, um, like Luke Rhodes, who's a phenomenal snapper in the NFL. Um, he just started snapping like four years ago. I thought not want to say maybe five years ago, um, but he was a linebacker in college um, and has done a phenomenal job at honing his craft and, um, there are other guys, too, that have, you know, that have come on long snapping, but I would say that's the big misconception. I have a lot of people will say, um, like, oh, yeah, I used to long snap in high school. I was like, yeah, it's a, it's a little different in the NFL than it is, than it is <laughs> yeah. uh, in high school, but um, I don't know. I, I, that's the first thing that, that I could think of was that, uh, was that a lot of people think, you know, oh, all you're doing is just throwing a ball through your legs, and I'm like, well, no, there is like a you know, usually like a 260 pound linebacker that's bearing down on you that wants to get to the place where you just threw the ball or, you know, on field goals, there's a, you know, or at least used to be, um, a 340 pound defensive tackle trying to run you over to get to the kick. So, um, yeah, there's just, there's, there's only 32 of us in the world, uh, or at least in the NFL. And so you have to be really good at your job. And, um, that's, that's a big misconception is that that it's, that it's pretty easy to do.
0: Yeah. And I, th- I think, especially from high school to college, there are a lot of different demands on snapping than college to pro. There's a little bit different demands as well. Can you talk a little bit about what that high school to college transition was like mm-hmm. for snapping and then what that college to pro transition was like for snapping? Did you find that each level required and like looks for different things?
1: Absolutely, um, the way I usually describe it to people is is your jump from high school to college is a physical one. Um, mm-hmm. Typically, you know in, in high school you're or at least for me i was I was probably six, one, six, two maybe, and two hundred pounds playing offensive center and long snapping, and I just had this uh, long gangly body, and um, I got to um, Tennessee um, where I played. Um, and I quickly realized that guys are a lot bigger than me and that I had to bulk up, I had to be stronger and, um, even throw the ball harder. Um, and it wasn't so much a mental jump as it was, um, a physical jump for me from high school to college. And, uh, you know, I I figured out what I had to do because I learned from guys that were, that were older than me, that were doing it better than me. Um, and, you know, you just have to adapt quickly. so again, as long as you're willing to put in that work, you know, especially physically, uh, you you can make that jump. Um, now, from college to the NFL, I would say it's more of a mental jump. Um, when you go from when you go from college, where I don't think I ever really had to think about like what the other team might do in a rush situation. Um, there just wasn't much scheming. There wasn't, you know it wasn't their job, so to speak. Um, but you know, once you get to the NFL, you've got guys that will constantly look at film just for the smallest little tick that you might do to to tip them off that they can get off the ball just a little bit faster. And so for me, it was, it was, it was a, it was a mental jump of, you know, how do I dial in that much more that somebody can't get a jump off me or you know, how do I be prepared for that guy crossing my face on a backed-up punt um, when we, you know, when we're when it's in the fourth quarter or something like that? So it's uh, it's a it's a mental it's a mental jump. And I and I tell people a lot. You know, I I had a lot of experience with pressure situations at Tennessee, but it seems like um, pressure in the in at the college level is totally different than the NFL level, and really the only difference is that I'm getting paid in the NFL. And while that might not be true for, you know, some other positions, you know, college (laughs) at some colleges, but um, I, um, yeah, I mean, I I think, I think there's a greater importance, a greater pressure when, when all of a sudden um, it's your job and, and um, in your head, you, you, someone is that, someone has paid you for your services and you feel like I've got to perform them to the best of my ability. And so, there's a mental jump there that, that you have to, uh, that you have to take into account.
0: Do you find that, or when you first got into the league, did you struggle at all with feeling like you deserve to be on the same field as those guys? At least initially, because I guess the, you know, we all know players who, their talent is off the charts, but for whatever reason, when the it's time to perform they just seem to self-sabotage and what it really comes down to is they're they don't truly feel like they belong on the field there's almost like a lack of of confidence so what was that like for what was that moment like for you when you first stepped on an NFL field and you're like whoa
1: like <laughs> yeah um yeah I would say I definitely felt that um I I really took the approach in the NFL or when I was coming out of out of Tennessee I didn't. I didn't necessarily not feel like I, like I belonged. I, I felt like I belonged because I put in work and uh, and understood what it took to be an NFL long snapper. But I think um, when I when I left Tennessee and was was coming in the league, I just I didn't have any expectations. I tried to lo- you know, not necessarily lower my expectations, but lower, um, you know, set a goal that was achievable in the near future. So. I wanted to make it to the senior bowl and I was able to, I was invited to the senior bowl. And then, you know, for that week, I was like, I'm going to snap until my arms fall off because this may be my only opportunity for an NFL coach to see me. And so then, um, I set my goals on OTAs. I want to be in, I want to be in the camp for in, in camp for OTAs so that, you know, at least one team is seeing me. Um, and then once OTAs and mini camp were over i said uh okay I, my my goal is to get some preseason film and so uh it wasn't necessarily right off the bat like i've got to make this team um it was i, I kind of took it in small steps so i never really felt necessarily overwhelmed now i do remember when uh my my first game uh was in my first couple games um in the nfl and um yeah it was it was it was somewhat of a struggle of like I kind of talked about it already before it was, was the mental jump. So the mental jump was like so big. It felt like, um, that at times it it was overwhelming, but then, you know, again, I, I brought, brought myself back to, I've trained for this. I've put in, you know, work my whole life to be the best at this and I can do this. And so, it, it wasn't so much self-talk as it was just pl- putting another foot in, fr- in front of the other, and just and continuing to work each day and going into practice, and um, not really allowing myself to um, like give into those like into negative thoughts of like, you know, I don't belong here. I do belong here. I've, I, you know, so, someone saw something in me that that I that I do belong here, and until you know they they think otherwise, I'm going to keep doing my best.
0: Could you, yeah. And I think it's, and when I talk to, when I coach high school kids at, and there happens to be an NFL guy who, who might swing out or something, they're always like, Whoa, you know, they think that you guys are like these, you know, as guardians who don't feel fear yeah. or anything yeah. like that, <laughs> but you guys no. do, you just, you just act a little differently when you feel it.
1: Absolutely. Um, You know, Justin and Sam and I talk about it all the time about how, um yeah how, how honestly the, the the anxious the anxiousness of of snapping of of dealing with the pressure of situations and you know um it, it's be, kind of become a joke about it uh we we kind of joke about it now and it, and it helps ease the tension and I, and I would I would say that that is that is also a, a huge help of having having two guys like that 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 I can like bounce stuff off of and be on, you know, like be honest with, of like, man, I'm, you know, I'm struggling today or whatever, man, this is, it's really getting to me or, you know, Hey, well uh, let's, let's get ready for this game winner, you know, and just kind of like joke about, you know, (laughs) the the pressure that we're going to have maybe that day. And so, right. um, Yeah. I kind of lost my point, but I just, that, that's what, that's what, um, what came to mind when, When you say that is is, uh, we are definitely not uh, superhuman when it comes to feeling pressure or anything like that. We, we, we feel it just the same. But it's just a matter of of what you do with it and and whether or not you go back to uh, your fundamentals and uh, just say, "I've trained for this. I'm ready for this. Um, I I just got to do my job. Everyone's expecting me to do my job. I got to do my job."
0: (laughs) And can you talk a little bit about? those mentors i mean you mentioned um you know sam and and tucker and um i don't i've never talked to anybody who has reached the level of play that you've reached as a pro athlete without them coming across you know who locker or or a mentor or a coach who's who saw a vision of them of what they could have been you know what they might be able to do um when they couldn't see it themselves so can you talk a little bit about maybe, you know, uh, uh, any mentors that you've come across who you feel were very influential in helping you reach the level of
1: play that you've reached? Uh, As far as, as far as high school, I'd say it's tough to pick like one um, in particular, I can name a few. Um, I kind of want to go through a couple at at, at each level. Um, I just had, I had uh, a good group of, of friends that were passionate about you know, the team and stuff. So I learned, we learned quickly about, you know, what it meant to be a part of a team. And, um, I had friends that that taught me about work ethic, um, in, in high school. Um, and actually just, uh, recently my, my high school head coach just passed away and he was truly influential, uh, to me in terms of like my faith and uh, being a part of football and, and truly sticking to your, um, to your integrity and your work ethic. Um and so he he was extremely influential on me from that standpoint. Um and uh, yeah as as far as that goes, I mean there were several coaches along the way that 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 you know got on to me and, and taught me about um what uh constructive criticism was and harsh <laughs> and, and, and harsh criticism. Yeah. Um so, so then when I got to uh, the NFL or I'm sorry when I got to college Um, there were several, um, coach Fulmer was another coach. I was very blessed to have him as a coach. And he, again, was another one that, that pushed me, um, in ways that I really didn't know that I could, that I could be pushed. I mean, he, he, um, he would always, he would always just give me a hard time about, you know, being tougher or, or, or being a part of, um, being a part of the team and and understanding my role and, um, so I think, I think he was a very good mentor, um, kind of father figure from that standpoint, but then in terms of snapping mentors, when I got to Tennessee, um, two guys that were snapping, they were, they were snapping when I first got there. Um, one was Adam Miles and, um, he was the one that taught me probably the most about field goal snaps. And when I got there, I would not really known anything. I just, you know, throw it back to the holder. Uh, and so I had done that, you know, decently well through, through high school, but then, um, when I got there, I learned that you know laces were were an important thing, and so um, he sh- you know he showed me a few things that that uh, that I still incorporate to this day um, in terms of the field goal snapping and just being consistent. And the other guy uh, that was uh, snapping for punts at the time was was Ryan West. And when I like I said before, when I got to Tennessee, I was you know 200 pounds and. Um, you know, I played center and stuff, but I really didn't understand blocking um, in terms in terms of long snapping. And so, he was really good. He was another uh, former offensive lineman, and and he taught me a lot about um, using your arms uh, mostly on on your punt snap and, and using the strength of your upper body to snap the ball, but then having your feet ready to go um, to to block a guy. And so, those two guys just did it so well um, from a sna- snapping standpoint. They did. They they were truly uh, probably the most influential. Um, mentors um, from a snapping standpoint, um, and then when I got to the NFL, um, Sam Cook was 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 at Baltimore, and he really has has taught me. I mean, still to this day, we you know we we go back and forth a lot um, in terms of uh, you know kind of an iron sharpens iron type type way. We we clash um, sometimes during the season, but we're also uh, really good friends, and what Sam's taught me is you know everything's important he uh he's a perfectionist and and it's really kind of permeated into me of taking every rep seriously um, and and taking every every rep like it's a game rep and then Justin um came after me, but i still I would still mention him in in the same um, in the same category as a mentor because he he brought in such a uh, such a fun energy and, and a confidence level that I really had not seen in any, in anybody else, any other teammate, any other friend. And so, um, again, that's another thing that's kind of, uh, that's kind of helped me in my career is, uh, just having confidence in myself, having confidence in my abilities to, you know, to be the best at, at what I'm doing can be the best, be my best self on each on any given rep. Um, and then, uh, to, you know the coaches obviously have come to mind. Um, coach Harbaugh is a is a great leader and mentor, and then um, my first uh, special teams coach when I got to the Ravens, Jerry Rossberg. Um, really, I mean, I, I've got kind of a theme here of of a coach that uh, you know offers constructive criticism at the high school, college, and now uh, coach Coach Rossberg really pushed me really really hard when I was uh, first got to Baltimore, and I really think. Um, uh, he has he has had the most influence um, as far as uh, being an NFL long snapper, um, just because he he expected the most out of me and um, really pushed me um, to be to be the best I could be each each um, each game. And then uh, your former guest Randy Brown uh, <laughs> has been a, a, a massive mentor to me, um, uh, just from. On a, on, a, on a multitude of levels, uh, both long snapping and um, just the, the mental game outside, um, I don't think I would be um, still in the NFL if it wasn't for that group of men, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, and I think if you notice it, what I see, we see a lot of high school kids, I'm sure, you know, hanging out with the wrong crowd and like, your you know, your environment really – Mm -hmm. and trump your free will and your your decisions a lot of times
1: Um, your environment is huge yeah if i had to say if i had to give i mean you can't force you know a kid to be that way but um be a certain way or pick certain friends or anything like that because we're going to be you know friends with who we want to be friends with but um your friends are, are massive probably the biggest influence um not only at high school but just going forward i mean that's something we've heard since we were, you know, little sure. kids. I mean, our parents have always said that, but um, it's, it's usually not until you get older and you have time to reflect on, on your, the influences that you have throughout your life that that you really understand what they mean. And, and that's obviously why they continue to say it. And I'll say it to my boys, but um, yeah, to to the high school kids, your, your kids are, I mean, your, um, your friends are massive influences on, on just the outlook you have and the, um, and the work ethic and the, the work that you put into um, being great at, you know, whatever you're passionate about.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. And you said that you and Sam would kind of not bicker, but you got, you know, iron sharpens iron. You guys, it, it's funny. And I joke around with, with Zach, Zach Turner about this who snaps to the box and think, you know, I and mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's funny, but like, if I'm, if he's with a group of kids on a field and he's working with snappers, he has studied kicking and punting and holding so much that he basically could get a high school kid up and running as a kicker or a punter as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that there's just such a high level and attention to detail once you get to your level and where you're at. Um, If you were to write down three keys to to snapping from a technical Mm -hmm. standpoint, like in like, uh, you know, Morgan's order of operations. What would be those three keys to snapping that you would preach?
1: Yeah, and I I want to kind of go back to what you said about Zach, and I totally agree. Um, I don't know if he said that to you or or if that's just your opinion, but I, I totally agree. I would have full confidence in Sam and Justin to teach a, a young long snapper how how to be a good long snapper because you know they've watched. They watched me I've watched them. I know what it takes uh, for Sam to be good at what he does and for what Justin to be good at now I couldn't coach it to necessarily to the degree that you know Randy can or to the the two those two guys can but I definitely know what you're talking about in terms of um, just kind of getting up and up and running as a as a as a specialist but um I would say the the first the first sentence, um, I would say, would be be consistent and accurate, not fast. Um, One of the things that was preached to me very early on was um, to be consistent and to be accurate, um, because what your kicker and your punter want is to be able to know what to expect. And, And if, you know, every five or every 10 snaps, you know, you're throwing a wild one, um then they can't they can't necessarily count on that or that's going to throw them off um but if you're able to be consistent and accurate even if let's say your miss is at least like right here or something like that and i'm i'm kind of like at my shoulder um uh where my hands are uh or you know maybe a little bit low at, at, at your knee or something like that you um you can still those guys can still um work with that, so to speak, and, and, and know what to expect. Um, speed was never really preached to me as being important in, in long snapping. Now, uh, at the NFL level, there's, you know, you, there's kind of the eye test. Um, and in, in my opinion, once, once a coach sees you and, and has decided that your snap is fast enough, that's enough. I mean, I don't, I, I'm, I know there are scouts and, and, uh, coaches that do time, but, um, yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it's as important or, um as that consistent uh, you know hit a guy in the stomach every time that punter that kicker is going to be able to be faster if you're consistent versus if you're throwing a you know a six five snap every time I'm you know it's it's um but 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 every once in a while they're they're thrown completely off um second I would say be a student of your craft what I mean by that is um study um kind of what you do and what you do well and and how to make it better um i would say the the biggest improvement i made in long snapping was uh, when i was coming out of tennessee and i would set up i set up my phone um on a on a stool propped up by a a roll of tape and i well i used the roll of tape to to paint or paint to uh, tape a square on the wall on a padded wall And I took like five balls at a time and I'd I'd hit record. I'd snap five balls into the wall and and then I'd grab my phone, look at it, see what I'm doing, seeing if there's any inconsistencies or inefficiencies that I can um, cut out um, of my snap. And then I'd, you know, snap five more balls and then, you know, watch it over again. I think that was the biggest improvement I made um, when I was doing that. Uh, And then I would say, Third, um, I've kind of touched on it already. I'd say um, when the game's on the line, uh, trust your training. Um, you've put in the work. As long as you put in the work, um, trust your training. And um, you know, when when a situation seems like it's uh, it can be overwhelming, when the game's on the line, everyone's counting on you. Uh, just know that you've put in the work to to be at your best when your best is needed.
0: Got it. And what I think, you know, it's interesting. You never said anything that was like super technical there. It was all like Mm -hmm. very logical, like be consistent, trust your training. And and like, yeah, there's a time and it's like, kind of like golf. You can make your swing as complicated or as simple as you want to make it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes in the snapping coaching world, this is probably true for any position, not just kicking and snapping, but you know, sometimes coaches will, create all this terminology and use all these fancy words because they feel like they have to justify the price of a parent just pay to have their kid work with them. But in actuality, we're just gunking the kid's mind up with too many different conflicting terms.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, I mean, what I, what I tell everybody is, you know, I really learned long snapping out in my front yard with my dad, you know, I'd, I'd snap the ball to him, you know, a lot of, we played catch too, but you know, you know, when our catch, uh, more often than not, was just me snapping the ball to him, and um, you know, there came a point where uh, he wasn't uh, he wasn't ready to catch you know this my snaps anymore. But at the same time, like it still helped me sure. um, over over time to get better. And I, you know, he he uh, hooked me up with some coaches every once in a while, guys that he had heard that had long snapped for Tennessee, or um, I met up with Ethan Albright, who snapped in the league for 17 years at a very high level. Um, and, um, I, I, I got a little bit of coaching from him, but even when I met up with him, I remember him just saying, yeah, your speed's good. And, uh, your form looks good. You know, he didn't, he didn't like try and bog me down because I think he, he knew that, you know, he was at that, he was at that level and, and, um, kind of what you touched on is it's a golf swing and, and your routine is your routine. It's not, you know, you know, I, I can't expect to go out and have Tiger Woods a swing and, and be successful. I, you know, if I'm, um, I would love to that'd be awesome but um, you know my swing is my swing so my snap is my snap and while you can learn things and there 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 is a critical point where the ball has to you know leave your hands um, what what you do and um, what you lead up to that point is, is kind of up to you I don't think there are 32 of the exact same long snappers form in the, in the league so yeah being that you can there's a lot of different ways to do it me and Zach don't don't snap the same way but he gets the job done um every week in in the nfl he he does a great job
0: yeah and i think it's the same thing for kicking like goskowski was totally self-taught nobody else kicks quite like him but ball goes high far and straight young way coup for the falcons nobody kicks quite like him high far and straight same thing with tucker um And it's funny, anytime I've done a camp and there's a pro guy there, all the kids want to start mimicking exactly how the pro swings, but you're not built like that pro. You can take certain principles from them, which are going to help you, but your swing has got to be your swing. Um, Okay. So let's talk about, obviously you've had a long career and there's ups and downs in every season. Um, What was, do you have a favorite failure that, at the time wasn't fun, but you know now set you up for later long-term success as a snapper.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, first thing that comes to mind, um, is my junior year in high school. Um, I was only long snapping. I I mean, I was like the backup center, but I was only long snapping for the team in terms of, um, on game day in the game. And we were playing a, a team in Memphis, um, uh, central high school and came down to a field goal at the very last part of the game and um snap was high holder um it was high enough that the holder couldn't get it down and had a good had a really good holder casey hill and uh he wasn't able to get it down but um that was that was especially at the time was was a really difficult thing because we were on a path to the state championship and um as i've talked about before mentally um you know, this position is tough. And so I just had, um, I had so many people come to my side to support me and show me that, uh, you know, it, it wasn't everything. It wasn't the the end all be all. Um, and one, one guy, and I, I'm not going to be able to quote the, um, uh, do, do the quote perfectly, but, um, uh, it starts off with, um, it's not the critic who counts. It's the man in the arena. It's, it's that quote. A lot of people have seen it, but um, that meant a lot. And it's something I've carried with me um, that, that it's, it's my teammates. It's the people that, that I've, that I'm in the battle with or, or in the game with that matter. And um, you know, all the other voices around um, don't matter. And so uh, I'd say that that one has kind of carried me through, um, you know, all the way through into my NFL career, you know, we've had, I think Justin has had uh 15 game winners however those are defined um but uh, I mean countless pressure situations at the end of the half or you know to a go ahead field goal in the fourth quarter or you know a backed up punt um you know those pressure situations are um are tough but they're you know they're um something you prepared for and and you've done so Uh, I do think of that, that failure. Um, Usually once a year, I try not to think about it much more than that, but um, you know, just as, as motivation to um, push me to prepare harder and to be ready for a game.
0: Yeah. And I think we've all have that. Like um, I know coach Brown had said this on his podcast, but he said, you know, we've all had, had everybody has some moment where some something went wrong or somebody said, no, you can't do this. That fuels you up to go. I mean, the guy, Cut down the upright that he hit when he was in high school,
1: and he keeps it in a storage unit as like a war trophy mm-hmm. to remind him. Yeah, of that. yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's an extreme example. I I uh, I heard him say that, and that's uh, I, I'd never I'd never heard that story before. But um, that's uh, yeah, that's it's those types of things that that push you to be better for sure.
0: Yeah, and let's let's talk a little bit about the Wolf Pack. So, why is it called the Wolf Pack, and who is the best golfer? in the wolf
1: pack. Uh let's see. It it was called the wolf pack when Justin when Justin was in his rookie year and we were, you know, going through that uh Super Bowl season. Um and I, I, I think the hangover was was <laughs> fairly new at that point in 2012 yeah. and so um you know, if you if you know Justin or seen any of his uh, interviews, you know he's he's kind of a jokester and um, I think he just sang it one day. We're the three best friends. It's probably after a game winner or something like that. If I, I can't remember exactly, but he kind of dubbed us the Wolf Pack, and um, you know, it, it stuck because you know we've been successful in, in those tight situations. And and um, you know, and and Terrell Suggs uh, used to tell us uh, he that he hated us all the time, but then right after that, he would say, "But I wouldn't want anybody else." Um, closing a game for us. So yeah. Um I think of that as like we're the three best friends that Terrell (laughs) Suggs can have at the end of a game.
0: Gotcha. Uh best golfer in the Wolfpack.
1: Best golfer. Um I think I think I would probably have to say myself only because um while Sam can hit the ball a long way he doesn't he's he doesn't play as much. Now I'm kind of putting it out there for both of them so that um, they can challenge <laughs> me on it. Um, but uh, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm probably the best golfer as of right now. So. Gotcha. You heard it first guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, that's not to say that I'm like a good, good golfer. I I don't even know what my handicap is right this second, but uh, of the three of them, I think I would, I would take their money for sure.
0: <laughs> um football is not forever that's what makes it fun and gives it meaning when you can play it when you look back when you're 120 years old someday on your playing career what is the one thing you'd like your teammates to take away from their time playing with you what do you want them to remember about you
1: um I think it would have to go back to uh, that I was consistent I mean I think that um I care a lot I think one of the driving motivations in my, in my life, just uh, whether it be football or just life in general is, is uh, what people think about me, you know, whether that's right or wrong or whether, um, you know, it adds extra stress on, my, on me or not. Um, you know, I do take seriously what people think of me. And, um, and so I, I, I want to work every day um, to have a, you know, to be, to be that guy that someone can count on, um, whether it be the end of the game um, on a game-winning kick or uh, on a punt um, if my you know my guard needs me to be there to to, to block a guy to help a guy um, you know I, I want to be I want to be ready and 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 willing and consistent to work um, knowing that I put in the work um, that's what I want them to remember about me is that I was I was consistent um, you know not not only on the field but then off the field too that they could come to me and have a have an honest conversation, have a have a good conversation that um, that I want the best for them as well.
0: Awesome. Yeah, and I think that with, especially with high school and probably the kids that look up to you as a, a role model for snapping or college or even younger players, we, and everybody does it, I do it too, we tend to be social chameleons sometimes. We're a different person when we're with our friends or a different person when we're with our wives or a different person when we're at school. And I think that being consistent not only in snapping but all the time that is probably Mm -hmm. one of the, the most noble things one could strive to do absolutely um one one last thing one what would be knowing what you know now what would be one piece of advice you would have wished you'd given yourself when you first started
1: um first started uh i don't know um in terms of snapping i i think I loved the being consistent. Um, I'm, I'm happy I got that advice versus trying to throw it as hard as you can. Um, probably taking care of your body would be my, um, my biggest piece of advice for myself earlier. You know, kind of educate yourself as early as possible on what it takes for your body to be at peak condition, um, whether it be nutrition, whether it be working out, um mentally what it you know what makes you um fire on all cylinders um not to say that i didn't maximize uh when i was younger but i think uh you know educating better when i was younger would have been um as long as i heeded the advice yeah that's that's the advice that i would have wanted to hear so awesome all right cool one second Mm.
0: thanks for listening to another episode of the kickers are people to podcast if you like this episode or even better if you didn't like it please drop us a review on itunes so we can get better for everybody else it's important because we're going to start to give away some free cool prizes in the coming weeks episodes
1: and seasons thank you